Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Nosebleeds, an Old Rose Sports podcast. I'm your host, Montana Rep Alden. We got Gonzo with us here today. What up, what up? And we got the free agent. How you doing, man? Hey, yo. Gonzo, go ahead and cue the theme song. Let's go. And I'm talking to myself because I can't forget. And we're back on the first episode of The Nosebleeds. I'm your host, Montana Rep Alden. I'm going to be your host of this show. We want to take a little time here on our first episode, uh, get to let you guys get to know the other panelists. We'll start with you, Gonzo. Take it away. All right. So I am an office enthusiast, T. Michael Scott, all the way. I live to disappoint my parents, and you can call me a Cubanasso, otherwise known as a Cuban asshole. I like it. I like it. I respect it. <laughs> All right, free agent, go ahead. All I need in my life is women, weed, and sports, baby. Which one's number one there? I got to know. Sports, weed, women. I can respect in that order. I can respect the order. I can respect it. And I'm your host, Montana Rep Alden. Live in the, the mountains of Montana. White as a tube of toothpaste, but I'm good at tennis. So I guess I'm probably the, the podcast best athlete, I guess, because, you know. <laughs> tennis but yeah uh we're gonna go ahead and uh jump right into our first segment here on the nhl hockey's coming back it's the first major professional sports league that has announced a return to play plan nhl's running with a 24 team playoff very controversially Uh, a lot of people not happy about it but nonetheless they're coming back they're going to be back sometime in july it looks like training camp's going to start beginning in july and they're going to jump right into the playoffs, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot of controversy surrounding that, but uh, they're going with a 2014 playoff plan. What are your guys' thoughts on 2014 playoff? Yo, no cap. That's horse shit. It's, it's fucking horse shit, bro. How the fuck are you going to tell me? So there's 31 teams in the NHL, right? Yeah. And you're telling me fucking 24 of them. Like, yo, somebody do the math. That's well over half, right? Are fucking Dude, so. That's fuck. a lot more than half the league. All right. Well, I'm sorry, bro. Listen, listen. I'm a little out of it. All right. Work with me. Nah, nah, you're good. You're We're good. working with what we got. All right. So, whatever, bro. Ballpark a goddamn motherfucking number. And that number is getting into the playoffs. So, like, how the fuck are you going to tell me that you, you're risking you're risking a team coming in, what, 23rd and 24th, who is going to be some fucking shit-ass team, right? Like, they'd only win in the YMCA league. And they're gonna hop into the NHL playoffs and risk getting healthy or getting hot. The Canadians, the Canadians are the twenty-four seed at thirty-one and thirty-one this season. Yeah, losing yeah. record I, because they got some losses, uh, some uh, overtime losses in there too. Yep, and nine overtime losses in that one. So they're too. thirty-one and forty, really. Yeah. Well, and then yeah, they're yeah they're the twenty-four team. In the playoffs right now, and you're so gonna tell are me, you're gonna tell me that that's a playoff caliber team when you have some horseshit, horseshit, fucking 
single-A team like that, bro, that's going to come into the playoffs. And who the fuck knows? They might get hot, right? Yeah. They might get hot. And then what's the benefit of a team having a good record if they're just going to have to play them when they're getting hot? No, bro, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Well, and, and, and that's the problem currently with the format that they have is that the Central Division has everyone in there from the playoffs. It's it the Blackhawks are the 12 seed. Yep. Uh, in the Western Conference, and they they're 32 and 30 and eight overtime losses, and they are dead last in the Central Division in the Western Conference. Playoff team, so right? they, Yeah, exactly. And I'm and I'm a Blackhawks fan, but I. I I would rather see our team go in the lottery, keep rebuilding. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are past their prime. Shoot, I would rather I'd rather see us get a better a better draft pick than get hot at this point in the season. I was kind of, I, that's what I was kind of waiting for. And and that's the problem. I mean, you you take a look at a lot of these the people that are complaining about this, and and you get the NHL wanting to let a few extra teams in because they didn't get to finish their regular season. So you get it. But to let 24 teams into the playoffs, you know, let, let's take the Eastern Conference, for example. you got Pittsburgh, which just missed out on that first round bye. They're the five seed. Yep. They're going to play Montreal in a best of three. And, you know, what if Montreal wins? You know, you, you, Pittsburgh fans exactly. have every right to say, you know, how, how is that fair? Montreal was 31 and 40. How are you going to tell me that they deserve a spot in the playoffs? Exactly. And it's not like the Penguins' best player is 20, 24 years old, like Connor McDavid with the Oilers. Yeah. Their best player is an old man. Yep. Sidney Crosby is an old man at this point. He is just like Al- Alexander Ovechkin. He is not a rookie. He is not a, a a kid that has only had a couple years on his legs. The man has played NHL for for a decade. What o- over over a decade? He's played in multiple Olympics. Like the man has some wear and tear on his legs, and that's my question for you, Alden. Is that like a team a team like the uh, let's say, shoot, uh, Rangers, who is predominantly an older team comparing to the Avalanche, who are a predominantly younger team, or even like the Predators. Yep. The Predators are the sixth seed in the Western Conference compared to the Avalanche, and there's a five-year difference in there between yep. their the average age of their, their players. So do you think that the younger the younger legs and everything will uh will help out some of these uh some of these higher seeded teams or even the lower seeded teams? Do you think the younger teams are gonna have a better chance of making anywhere because they have that advantage of okay, I'm like we, we all know we're twenty two, twenty three, like let's go get it. I could I could go play basketball any time of the day compared right. to even a twenty nine year old. Yeah, no, I mean I think that's a good point and it's gonna be interesting to see. I, I you know I I think that the off season is going to help everyone um, that they've basically had. I mean, it's by the time uh, the NHL comes back, you're talking probably close to five months. And I think that's something we're going to see in the NBA as well. You know, the, the, the break, um, I think it's going to benefit everyone, but I do think those younger teams are going to have a little bit of an advantage, especially when it comes to like looking at, they're talking about in a lot of these situations, teams playing like almost every day to try to, to wrap the season up. So I think, you know, eventually that's going to take a toll on those, on those older teams, um, especially when it comes to the NBA, as they're talking about possibly, you know, doing regular season games and, uh, you know, with, with some of their proposals or a longer playoffs. Yeah, no, I totally think that it will, it will definitely show the age of all of 
some of these more experienced teams and stuff like that. And in the same breath, though, I definitely think that in the NBA, there are certain cases of a couple of these players knowing exactly how it is to play this late into into the fall. LeBron, all those kind of guys, they've they've he's done the finals run and then the Olympics right after that. And so I definitely think that if anyone knows how to do it, it's definitely these more experienced veteran guys, especially someone like Kawhi who knows how to take how to take a break. He knows how to rest his body. He knows how to keep his body at 100%. I got a question for you, Gonzo. So, you know, we're, we're talking this, you know, another thing that I think is a big part of this is, you know, we're, we're talking about all these teams coming back in one city with no fans. You know, a lot of teams thrive off of that home court energy, especially the top seeds. You know, how, how do you think that's going to affect things when you start talking about teams playing in front of no fans in a central location? Like Orlando, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're they're looking at Orlando as the main site. They, I know they had been talking about Vegas, but it sounds like the NHL's going there. So, yeah, I definitely think that playing in front of no fans is going to benefit the the veterans, the LeBron James, the Kawhi Leonard's, uh, James Harden's, etc. I believe that like the younger guys, the Luka Doncic's, the the Zion's, you know, the the e- e- even the Giannis's, they feed off that home court energy. A little too much. LeBron doesn't need fans cheering at him to go and ball out, and he already knows how to do it. Exactly, he could do it. He could do it in his backyard with his kids. He doesn't need anybody watching. Shit, he and does. Fa- yeah, exactly. And the fact that he's gonna be him and Kawhi, them being well rested to start the playoffs, it, it's a scary thought, man. So, I mean, I we can just kind of get into this. I, I think you know, obviously, they haven't come out with a, an official. Uh, plan for their return but uh just yesterday uh we got some breaking news coming out of there that it looks like they're talking about resuming with 20 to 22 teams uh either one of you guys want to go ahead and just kind of explain what that that proposal is about um yeah so Woj and Zach Lowe and Ramona Shelberg the last couple days have been shooting out tweets and stuff like that talking about um the projected what could happen um, and giving the owners a chance to vote uh, next week on it or this week on it. Um, a couple of the examples that they have given, which I'm, there's four, but I'm only going to give, I think the two that we've most agreed on would be uh, 20 teams where it's a group slash stage play and then 22 teams, which games uh, to be d- determined by seeding, and then a play-in tournament for that last seed. And I think that both of those examples are really going to matter on if they combine and bleed in both leagues together and just do seedings based on overall record rather than best 10 teams in the West and best 10 teams in the East. Because if you look at the records, the best 10 te- or best 12 teams in the West are still better than the, the 9 and 10 seed in the East. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, Gonzo, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think they should come back with? Yeah, I don't even think it's close. I think you got to go with the top 20 best teams. Much like the free agent said, you know, you got the 10th ranked team over here in the Eastern Conference, which is the Charlotte Hornets. And then you look down, and the 10th team in the West right now is the Pelicans. Are you going to tell me that the Pelicans and the freaking Hornets are even on the same level? Like, I, no, man, I don't, I don't want to see that. I want to see the top 20 best teams. Which in that case, what do we say that they're going down? The Spurs will be included. Yes. 
and then it's going to go and then through the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference ending with the Magic. I think that way you're going to have the best quality of games, the most intense games. And, yeah, man, I think that's going to be the best thing for the league. I think a lot of people are going to tune in to kind of see that. It's going to be something new. It's going to be something innovative. And, yeah, man, I think that's going to be the best thing for the league right now. Yeah, and, and I mean, you can't tell me when, when it comes to to fans and what they want to watch. I think I don't think anybody cares about the Charlotte Hornets. Or <laughs> you, No you know, chance. I mean, everybody's going to want to see Zion. Everyone's going to want to see, uh, you know, John Morant and, and his crew. The, you know, in the West, even some of the lower seeded teams, uh, they're going to be a hell of a lot more exciting than what the Charlotte Hornets are going to put out there. Put well, out there. And, yeah. even, and even the 13 seed in in the West are the Phoenix Suns. And I would rather see the Phoenix Suns than, than the Charlotte Booker, Hornets. Man. Devin or, Booker, a walking or the bucket, Washington man. Wizards. Like, I would rather – and and even at that point, the 13 seed in the West is still better than – has a better record than the 9 seed does in the East. <laughs> yeah so i mean close, man. i mean yeah i think that's a good point so are you are you guys saying uh you know just don't even bother with with conferences come the playoffs and just go into like a you know one plays 20 two plays 19 that kind of thing yeah that's that's what i'm gonna say the only the only negative that i will throw out there it's kind of going to be negated if we do it in orlando but if it's not in Orlando and everybody has to play in their home city, the travel from the East Coast to the West Coast, if we have to do that, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be trouble in the making. See, and and I've I've seen people report that that is not gonna happen at all just because of the extra risk that it would take. Yeah, trying um, to fly people across. It sounds the country. like exactly. It sounds like no matter what, if sports leagues, especially MLB, NBA, and NHL come back right now, it's going to be a centralized hub where you get to, you get to be become absolute best friends with your teammates over, over the time that it takes you to get eliminated. From I think the, the NHL is going to be a little different because they're doing, you know, they're doing two sites and they were talking about once they get down to the conference finals and Stanley cup finals, they could maybe do it in their home city. But uh, is everything I've heard coming out of Adam Silver's office is that it's 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 looking like it's Orlando and it's all going to be played there. Yeah, and I think that's what's best for the league. Yep. yep. All right. So, question for both you boys: um, We're talking about the projected NBA coming back and everything. What are both you guys' uh, predictions for the uh, champion of the league? Go ahead, Gonzo. If I had to put my money anywhere, I'm going to put my money on arrested Kawhi Leonard, arrested Paul George, and those L.A. Clippers. Okay. okay. So what, what do you say to, to the to the Laker nation that's going to say uh, that, that they're going to take them out? I don't want to hear it. I, go, next topic. I don't even want to talk about the Lakers. Lakers and the Lakers fans are just uh, – no, no, no. I, I, I see, As I'm I wearing see a Magic Johnson, Johnson jersey, Gonzo. He's, uh, he's flexing his, his Lakers jersey. Go ahead. So you got the Lakers <laughs> – what do you... Oh, I got the I got the Lakers against anyone in six. I think LeBron again. If if anyone in the whole world knows how to play this late into a year and and take the rest and then get going right away, it would be LeBron. And I don't care what anyone says, LeBron is the best player in the world. Just because of his age, everyone's going to put Giannis. He, he's the flashy new toy on the market, and and that's the biggest thing. LeBron has experience he has yes he has a lot of miles on on his on his feet and his tires 
but damn, when it when it comes down to it, I don't I wouldn't trust anyone else to lead my team to the playoffs, especially and something he, like this. Yeah, and he's rested right now. So Exactly. You guys exactly. I don't know yeah. if you guys are gonna agree with what I got to say, probably not, but uh I'm taking a little bit of an underdog here. I'm gonna go with Milwaukee. I mean, listen, the underdog. Under, yeah, I was gonna say they got the best record. <laughs> yeah, I understand that, but I mean everybody everybody's sleeping on that everybody when they're talking about their predictions you know even on espn everywhere is it's basically it seems like it's a two-team race between the clippers and the lakers but look don't sleep on the bucks Giannis got some playoff experience last year um i mean we i know we've said that you know he doesn't have experience but he i think he learned what it's like to play in a tough playoff series last year with that series with the clippers where they blew a lead in that series uh, I think that his team is is even better this year. I mean, you look at the people that he's got around him: uh, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Ursan Ilyasova, and even even their young guys like Dante Divincenzo. They got players that can shoot. They play great defense, and you know Giannis right now is the best player in the league, and I, I don't think you can discount that. And you know he doesn't have the wear and tear on his body, so I think that you know uh, a situation like this could actually benefit somebody like him who's who's younger and is going to have a, a better stamina when it comes to something like this system. No, that totally makes sense. I will uh I'll give you guys two quick hot takes. Number 1, you're talking about uh Milwaukee, Brooke Lopez, most underrated center in the whole league. Splash now. Oh yeah. Baby. That's what I'm saying, bro. And then two, the only other team that I would say do not sleep on, especially with the veteran presence, the young people that they have, and just the absolute, like, will to go win would totally be the Miami Heat. Jimmy Absolutely. But- Jimmy Butler wants it, and he wants it more than what it looks like everyone in the whole league. Yo, got, Listen, got, just got look at Jimmy Butler's career. Yeah. How, how is uh, how's that team, especially since they're going to be, you know, not that far from their from their hometown if we're playing in, in uh, Orlando – How's uh how's Tyler Hero gonna stay focused on the court when he's too busy uh sliding into people's DMs on Twitter? My man is a professional multitasker. Not only is he sliding into absolute smoke shows DMs on Twitter, but he's also killing the TikTok game. I, I love everything about him, man. He's coming back healthy. He's gonna he's gonna be that player that only people on the team know, but nobody else in the league knows that's just gonna take the playoffs by storm. You got thoughts on that yeah. free agent? Um, no, I, I totally agree. I think Bam Adebayo is the difference maker on that whole team. Yeah, but, you guys want to talk about Brooke Lopez being underrated. Like, shout out my boy Bam. He does everything. He does. And he's one of those rare centers that can legitimately guard three through five because of his length. And he's he's not a true, true center where he's not well, – we don't really have a true, true center in the league anymore like a Shaq or, or – anyone like that that's just a physical dominant presence and i think one thing but the, with the, the kid heat, can run the floor like a gazelle one thing with the heat that we've yeah. seen is that they can they can take on a team like the bucks uh you know i know that the playoffs are always a different animal but they've shown that they can they can if not shut him down they can at least slow down Giannis. uh just with the way that they run their defense with with the defense that they play um if i'm worried about anybody that the bucks could lose to it's probably the heat yeah, definitely. Like I said, like even if they don't come out on top, it's definitely a series that at the very least is going to make the Bucks sweat and it's going to be competitive and fun to watch. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think our picks, we've got three good teams. I think it's going to be 
exciting when the playoffs come back. It's just going to be interesting to see, you know, what teams can find their form the quickest and what teams are rusty because, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see any top seed go out early in a, in a, in a situation like we are talking about them having. I'll give you guys yeah. one more team. Dallas. Luca. Look, he is fully healthy. I, KP has been able to rest. I gotta disagree with you. Could there. Be a dangerous team. Good. I don't think that's a that's a finals caliber team, though. Maybe not, but you're definitely gonna want to tune in to watch them. Luca is hands down my favorite player in the league to watch. Oh yeah, he he's great to watch. But at, when we're talking about finals contenders, I just don't think that they're there yet. Yeah, maybe not this year. I actually got a question for the free agent that could make or break the Lakers' playoff hopes. What's up? All right, so let's say that everybody gets posted up in Walt Disney World, right? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to this Taco Tuesday that your boy LeBron is on? <laughs> Bro, What's LeBron gonna... LeBron has so much guap that he could buy the whole fucking Disney Kingdom Taco Tuesday, bro. You know, he doesn't even have to worry. Get that shit catered to his hotel room. <laughs> so you want LeBron eating theme park tacos? <laughs> Oh, he won't be eating theme park tacos, bro. <laughs> you you know that that's one of those Jordan things that they're going to bring. There. Every Quit single plan. game. Yeah. Quit playing. <laughs> no, and that's one – I definitely think that those are one of those, like, staffing people that if, if everything does come back, like, the top chef from every team will end up going to Orlando to help out because it's going to be a collective effort. And that's the biggest thing that I think a lot of people – don't realize is that to get these to get these leagues back going, it's not an individual team that's going to decide. LeBron doesn't decide when the league comes back. It's it's a collective effort through everyone in the league. It's the players, it's the owners, it's the staffing that work at these stadiums. And so, without a collective group effort, it it won't happen. And if it does, and if people are selfish, it's it's going to be very evident, and it's not going to reflect very well on the NBA. Yeah, and just you know to kind of wrap this up, you know the one of the big things that we're going to have to see is, you know, they've got to have a plan in place so that when inevitably somebody comes up positive for COVID, it doesn't shut the whole operation down. And that's kind of what, you know, a lot of leagues are trying to figure out, you know, a a way that if someone tests positive, they can still keep going and not have to shut the whole thing down again. Well, I guess we will, uh, we'll wait and see. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what in the world is going on with the MLB PA and the owners. Stick around. And we'd like to take this time to let you know that this podcast is presented by Anchor. Anchor's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we're back on the Nosebleeds podcast. Uh, Just talked a little bit about the NHL and the NBA. Now we're going to run right into the MLB because they're in a little bit of a different situation, but uh, just as controversial, just as intriguing. Um, and they don't really have, seem to have any 
uh, end in sight of when they're going to be back playing. But instead of COVID, this issue seems to be more over over money. Uh, Gonzo, why don't you kind of explain to us what, what's going on here? Yeah, it's definitely a money issue between the players and the league. The league's proposing a shortened season where the players are getting less money. And I get it. I get it on the players' behalf. You don't want to take less than what you signed for. But at the end of the day, you have to realize nobody saw this yeah. coming. You know, we're just trying to get sports back. We just, you know, we miss baseball. Um, you know, and some players are lashing out. They're they're going to Twitter. You got you got Blake Snell hopping on videos. What is it that he said? I got it right here. Y'all got to understand, man. For me to go, for me to go, for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shortened season, less pay. I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine, okay? And that's just the way it is for me. All right, Blake Snell, I hear you, man. I understand. But you got people that are making minimum wage and getting their asses up to go to work, my dude. You know, it's a privilege for you to be in the league. People look up to you. It's, I don't think it's a good look, man. Even if you're getting a little less than what you're getting, you're getting more than a majority. Oh, it's not, um, it's not a little. Look, here's my, and, and I know what you're, where you're going to go with this free agent, and, and I, I, I respect it. But here's the thing. 40% of MLB revenue comes from having fans in the seats unless you're the Marlins, but you know, if you're not going to have any fans at any of these games, the, the owners aren't making the money. The, the league isn't making the money. So, so where is the money to pay these players going to come from? Cause the owners aren't going to, aren't going to take a loss to have a season this year. Well, no, and it's totally understandable. And, and you got to think of it and comparing it to the NFL where the NFL have individualized owners. One person owns those teams. Maybe a family owns it. Unlike MLB, like the Dodgers, a huge corporation group that uh, an investment group decided to buy the Dodgers. I understand that that in in the long run, it's going to be a very big loss of money. Yes, I'm I'm not discounting that, but I also do agree with the players in saying that some of these billion dollar owners need to need to sacrifice a little bit because I again I agree with the players. Bryce Harper, Mike Trout. Mike Trout's about to have his first kid, and you're about to tell him to leave for months and months to, and months to what win a glorified World Series that's going to have basically an asterisk next to it, just like lockout seasons or or labor 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 stoppages. I apologize. Mike about Trout's that. still expected to but make no. like five mil this year, though. I mean, that's not enough for him. That's a big. Um, that's a big difference between what he was supposed I to make. I understand that, but don't you think everybody's got to compromise a little bit when it comes to something like this? Exactly. See, see but the difference is is that the the, uh, the owners are asking the players to basically take uh, anywhere from a 70 to a 78% pay cut. That's not that's not a pay cut. That is a pay fucking slash. So what's a reasonable pay cut then? Because I don't think the players asking for 100% of their salaries is fair either. I would at that at that point I would be even if if we're gonna have about a half of the season, half and half. You you realize that people like Blake Snell, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, those guys, Max Scherzer, they're still gonna bitch about making half the money. Yeah, but the difference of seven million and fifteen, big difference. And I get it that that a lot of these players are making outrageous salaries, and that's the problem with MLB not having a salary cap. Here- but again, it's it's asking it's asking people that happen to have these jobs tell them to oh let's leave your families for 6 months there's no end in sight we don't know when anything's going to happen it's not going to be 
oh yeah, no, we're going to start up tomorrow and then we're going to keep playing. No, it's going to take another, we're going to basically have another spring training yeah, but, and everything but, like listen, that. Listen, I got a question for you, free agent. Okay. So obviously we've got a thing where, you know, you got the top players in the league that are taking huge cuts, but they're still making millions. What about the people making like, you know, league minimum and, and things like that, where they're not making millions of dollars, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't the, the proposal they have now where those players get a bigger portion of their salary than the top stars who are making 30 million a year? Oh no, I totally agree with it. And I, I think that is totally something that should be taken in, into consideration that players are, that are making 750,000 or, or someone like Juan Soto that's making like uh, 500,000 a year to, to basically be an MVP in the nationals lineup. You're asking him to take what 20% of $500,000, right. which to the normal person, that sounds that sounds awesome. That's, but to these guys, these guys have have trained all their lives. Some of us go to school to be doctors, lawyers, podcasters. Some people literally designate their whole life to sports, and that's what these guys have. They are at the pinnacle of what baseball is in this whole world, and all they're asking is to get compensated for their their time, their effort. And the risk, because you guys got to understand that we're so far into the season now that if we start in in six weeks and Blake Snell comes out and he and his his elbow pops, he's out until what July, August of that next year when it's a full season next year. So I totally understand that. There's there's a risk and a reward. These players are thinking more about their body than they are anything else. They're thinking about them as people rather than them as just players. And I agree with it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I can understand both sides of it. I think that, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, I mean, I think both sides are going to have to compromise because the one thing we can all agree on is we need baseball back, and they're not making any progress with what they're doing now. So they, they I think they've both got to come to the table, realize that they're not going to get everything they want, uh, and be willing to make a deal. Yeah, we need baseball back. We need Marlins back. Marlins fans back. <laughs> yes. Not the Marlins, just Marlins, man. Though. Just Marlins, man. I just, I'm dying to see that bright orange jersey again. Yeah, because no one wants to watch the actual Marlins play, but you know. <laughs> All right. We're, at this time, we're going to go ahead and hop into our first uh, personal segment here on the Nosebleeds. It's called Dynasty Bids. This is going to be a weekly segment that we do, and it's going to be where we uh, we rank uh topics the topics will change every week uh, we'd love by the way to hear your thoughts uh anything you want us to rank we're going to do our top 12 uh this week the topic's going to be best pregame drinks um but yeah we want you to go ahead uh hit us up on instagram and uh let us know what topics you want to hear in the future but for this week for best pregame drinks we're going to start it off with gonzo at number one what you got for us best pregame drinks i don't think you could go wrong with this especially if it's a sunday Mimosas. If you don't have ninety-five percent champagne, five percent orange juice, you're doing it wrong. Fact. Mimosas. No, I can I can respect that. Uh, number two, going with a sleeper pick. I think you guys are gonna like this. I'm going with a nice glass of Cabernet. Listen, listen. I I see you laughing there, Gonzo. Listen to this. Look, it's not gonna get you like too too drunk. It's gonna get you like nice and buzzed. It's nice and a uh, nice easy warm up drink, and the girls love it. Oh, that's pretty weak. I'm gonna stay quiet. <laughs> All right, free agent, what you got for us at three? 
Um, at three, I'm gonna go with uh, good old fashioned jungle juice. Everyone okay. has a jungle juice story. I think it is the most versatile because you can literally add whatever you want to it. I like it. I like jungle juice. Let's go. And I'm back yeah. up again at four, correct? Yeah. Ooh, at number four, I got to go with good old-fashioned Bloody Marys. I can respect weekend. that. After a hard night of drinking, get some breakfast in the morning, get a Bloody Mary in me, shit, I'm ready to go again. Look, I, I can respect the Bloody Mary. I don't know so much about the jungle juice because that's kind of like the, the stigma is like you might get roofied, but you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I could definitely respect the, the Bloody Mary. All right, and number five here, I got a little Trailer Park Boys classic. We're going with the rum and coke. Uh, I mean, I think there's, there's a... That, that's right up there for me with the best way to start the day. Uh, it's a versatile drink. You could drink it anytime, anywhere. To start the day? Damn, Montana. <laughs> well, I mean, I live in much. Montana. There's nothing else. Exactly. Yeah, what else exactly. are you going to do yeah. there? No, I mean, and, and you know, there's nobody on TV that looks cooler than uh, Julian from Trailer Park Boys. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think that's the way to go. What you, what you got for us at All six? All right, so I'm – at six, at six. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take us down to Mexico for a second. We're gonna throw back some tequila shots with mm. lime. Ooh, that burns my stomach just thinking about it. Listen, you already know when you throw back those those couple of shots, you, you know that the night's going downhill from there. It's gonna be nothing but good vibes. You're gonna regret your decision making tomorrow morning, but for that night alone, you're it's gonna be fun, man. Gonna be fun. All right, you're up again at seven. All right, shout out Trevor Wallace because we are going to take IPAs, time to slay. They hit different, man. We don't have any beer on this list so far, which I think is a, it's a tragedy, man. But, you know, I'm changing the theme right now. We're throwing in the IPAs because I'm not drinking no bitch-ass Natty Light. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I think you're sleeping on Natty Light, but uh, no, I, I can understand it. He's definitely not sleeping on this water. <laughs> All right. Uh, sitting at number eight, I'm going with Vodka Crayon. That's a classic. It's the type of drink that you that, uh, that anybody can drink. It's, it's versatile. You can drink it anywhere. Uh, girls love it. Guys love it. And I think, uh, I think that's a solid, solid pregame drink. And a little cranberry juice uh, helps, uh, helps the body, right? <laughs> All right, health night. Yeah, you tell yourself that. <laughs> what you got for us at nine? Um, at nine, I will go with the little brother of whiskey, and I will go with fireball shots. If I if I pull so up, it's definitely one of those drinks. Fireball shots. I'm knocking that out of your hand. On slapping. Yeah, I'm slapping that shit right out of your hand. <laughs> no, that is a pregame drink that you drink at your apartment. You finish the bottle, and then you go, to, you go downtown. You don't go to a bar and go, can I get a Fireball Coke? No, no. You're, you're a baby if you do that. I think Fireball is only acceptable if it comes in the form of a slap bag. Then you can sign me up for it. True. Talking dirty to that little bitch. Yeah. Um, And for my last pick, I... We'll go with 
four locals throwing it back to a high pregame high school classic. You got jungle juice and four locos on your list. You do understand this is a pregame. You hate yourself. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, these are these are these are before the actual event drinks. Yeah, but you don't want people seeing you drink. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna make it to your main events if you're drinking four locos and jungle juice before you even leave the building. That's the point. <laughs> All right. You definitely you have your... yeah, you have a one star oh, Uber yeah. rating for He's sure. He's definitely puked in an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Three and a half. <laughs> when I go to big cities, I gotta switch accounts to go back to my five star <laughs> one because no one will pick me up. All right. Uh my last pick on going with an American classic. Going with a little Bud Light. Look, I mean, nothing can start the day better than an ice cold, refreshing Bud Light. It's uh nothing nothing says America more than a Bud Light. So no, I'm I'm taking that with my last pick. Uh, uh, Gonzo, what you got for us at twelve? Man, this is hard. I still have a couple solid choices right here. Um, just for the sake of switching it up a little bit, I'm gonna go ahead and resonate with the females a little bit. And I'm going to go ahead with a White Claw Pink Whitney mix. Oh, yeah. Fair, fair. But is that something that you're drinking or is that like? Listen, you, you, you could talk all the shit that you want. At the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not starting my day off with a glass of Cabernet, <laughs> all right? No, but I, I think honestly, I Gonzo, think that that's you, uh, Can you explain your recipe for that? I, I think what was that? White Claw drinks Gonzo, can you... Uh, Oh my gosh! Shut the fuck up. What's yeah, up? Can you explain that recipe for us? I mean, How do you it... make a pink Whitney uh, white claw? What's the uh, what's the pour of that pink Whitney? Oh my god! Okay, so first of all, let me just throw this out there: the white claw is is purely just to, you know, just to spice it up a little bit. Pink Whitney by itself goes down smooth, man. You you don't even need a chaser with it. So I'm probably gonna do a nine second pour, top it off with like a little white claw, just you know, just for the that's like the whole the bottle right? and shit. I mean, the bottle's pretty small. No, you, a nine-second pour, you're probably like a quarter way done with the bottle. But like I said, you don't even taste it. Once that shit hits you, you're done. You're done. That's a trap. Yeah. No, I uh, think we got a pretty solid list there, list there, guys. Uh, a little questionable about the jungle juice and the Four loco. Uh... Okay, Mr. <laughs> Cabernet. <laughs> no, but uh, most part, I think we got a solid list. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do another new segment. It's going to be called Admit Nothing, Deny Everything. Stick around to the other side. And we're back on the Nosebleeds podcast on our first episode here. We got another original segment coming up. It's going to be called Admit Nothing, Deny Everything. If you know anything about Old Row, that's our motto. Uh, this segment's going to be fun. What it's going to be is uh, we're going to all uh, pick a take in sports that we're not buying into, that we are denying uh, for the week. It can be anything sports related. 
that we're just not buying into. So uh, we're going to open the floor up. Um, Gonzo, what's your admit nothing, deny everything this week? Admit nothing, deny everything. I'm putting Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys on the Ooh. hot seat. Be- yes, sir. Because... NFL Network's Ian Rappaport has reported that there isn't any traction on a Jamal Adams trade to the Dallas Cowboys. I do not buy that for a second. Adam Gase notoriously just fucks up after Jesus. fucks up, doing nothing but disappointing his star players. Joe Douglas, has he has to do what is right by the team. Get rid of Jamal Adams, give in to his demands. He has gone on record multiple times saying he wants to play for the Dallas Cowboys. This is a lot like the Earl Thomas situation from a little while ago. I just think that there's a lot more substance to this. And yeah, man, I'm not. I'm not buying. I'm not buying it. So Jamal Gonzo, Adams, the Cowboys, set it in You guys get Jamal Adams. You guys won't be able to afford Jamal Adams, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dak. Is Dak gone at that point? I'll take him in Chicago. I'm showing Dak the front door. Yeah, I'm sure you would take him in Chicago. Look, I, I see what you're saying, uh, and I can respect it. You know, I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. I just think that um, as much as I would show Dak the front door if I'm Dallas, I don't know that, that the Jones family is going to do that. Um, I think they're probably going to eventually pay Dak, and I just don't see the, as far as they're going to have to be pretty creative with their cap to make that work. And I'm not doubting that they're going to pay Dak. What what I'm not on board with is how much right. Dak's asking for. You know, he wants to he wants to set the market to the point where Mahomes won't even reset the market by that much when he does get paid because he's asking and, for a ridiculous amount. And, Dak's and gonna Dak start sweating, man. He's he's not he all that. The big game yet. I mean, you look at at, at some of the, the exactly the winner go home games that Dallas has had, and and Dak hasn't been able to get the win. Exactly. No, that's going to start sweating a little bit. Lower your asking price because if you don't, we're going to show you the front door and that red rocket's going to come in and take us further than Dak has in his entire Dallas Cowboys yeah, career. Yeah, don't, don't sleep on uh, Andy Dalton. No, I, I can I can see it. No. Texas native, native coming back and he's going to, you know, he's going to show All what right. he could do. Uh, for my admit nothing, deny everything this week, a little controversial. No, I'm going to get a little bit of heat from you guys here, but listen. Pretty much everyone that I've seen, any NFL insider, any analyst, has the Ravens winning the AFC North this year. My, my uh, deny everything this week, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Ravens are going to win that division. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think they're going to have a, a regression. I'm not sold on that defense. And I think that uh, my pick this year to win that division is going to be the Cleveland Browns. I think that they're, uh, the weapons that they have on that team – uh, on both sides of the football are going to be too good this year. I think they're going to take a huge leap, and I think they're going to win that yeah, division you're, fairly you're easily. you're lying to yourself. Cabernet in the first what segment the and then this pick in the second. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> Listen, I, I get what you're saying, but we saw last year in the playoffs when Le- when Lamar Jackson's Ravens couldn't get it done on defense against the Titans. Look, the Brown, listen to the weapons that the Browns have. Not only are they bringing back Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, but you add Austin Hooper. You add Donovan Peoples-Jones. You beef up that offensive line with Jack Conklin. And Baker Mayfield, 
he's going to take another step this year. Now, I mean, he I think he got humbled a little bit last year. I think he's only going to improve, and he's going to be out with a chip on his shoulder. I think uh, people are going to be wrong if yeah, they're on the Browns. Go ahead, Gonzo. So, Baker – no, no, go off, go off. All right, all right. So, you're going to say that Baker Mayfield is yep. playing with a chip on his shoulder, right? You don't think Lamar Jackson's going to play with a chip on his shoulder after embarrassingly losing to the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs? You don't think he's going to come back? I think he might, but I don't think he's going to come back at the point that, that Baker did. I mean, you remember the Ravens were the best team in the AFC last year, um, and Lamar Jackson wasn't really the reason they lost that game. It was their defense couldn't stop Derrick Henry. Uh, and, you know, you look at that defense is still a question mark to me. No, no, you're you're wrong. And then and then you want to bring up the acquisition of Donovan Peoples Jones, who Even has Michigan, done absolutely do nothing. At, at, in right. Michigan. But look, like that's not no, a he, that's not a flex, saying, man. Okay, he underperformed at Michigan, but based on all reports, it was it was due to an attitude problem at Michigan. He didn't want to practice hard. He didn't want to play. That's not going to fly in the NFL when that's all his focus is going to be on is everyday football. 24 seven he's not going to have the time to be to be uh engaging in the off the field stuff he was doing at michigan he's going to have to be focused they're not going to allow that kind of behavior in in cleveland uh he's going to have to step it up and i think he will we've seen that plenty of times players that had an attitude problem in college and then they come to the nfl with with the systems that they have in place there and they can thrive because he's got all the talent in the world i'll believe it yeah, I'll believe it when I see it, but it's one thing it's one thing to be hopeful. It's another thing to count on them to win the entire no, we, division. We can talk about that, that in the so next little no nah, man. Get out of here. Alright. Alright, what you got for your take for um, us this week? So my take would be something kind of out of sports, but definitely an ex NFL player. And that would be Jay Cutler being a bad father. I'm a I'm a big Bears fan. <laughs> But I'm more of a fan of Jay Cutler than anything, and I don't agree with Christian Cavallari's friends and her absolutely trying to drag Cutler's dick in the dirt. Like, the, the man is very known, if you're a Bears fan, that he likes to keep to himself. He doesn't like the big flashy show or anything like that. I would definitely say he's an he's a introvert. And, and honestly, you don't see any of Cutler's friends, any of Cutler's family, any, anyone that's close to him coming out and talking bad about the mother of his children. But you see every Us Today, Chicago Times, Daily Mail, every day, Kristen Caballeri's friends or her or someone from E is talking shit. And it's, it's not fair. He absolutely worked his ass off for his family throughout his whole career, even, even before that in college and in high school. He worked to become the quarterback that he was. And yeah, might have not been the best of quarterbacks of all time, but the man came out every week and played. And he, and he, and he, trust me, coming from very early years in the Bears, that man got absolutely crushed. Don't say that the man is lazy. Don't say the man doesn't do stuff to provide Hashtag. for his family. I can, I can pull yeah. up how much he's made over his career, and it's a, it's about. Right, but how, how are you gonna, how are you gonna sit there and say that? how much he's made is necessarily for his family. A lot of players make money for themselves, right? Well, yeah, you work your job to make money for yourself, right? But it just happens that you have to provide for your family. And that's what, that's what happened is that they both decided to be, become married, have kids, 
And you know what? He made that last year in Miami to, to make some extra cash. It was more than he was going to make at Fox. Yeah. It wasn't the, wasn't the long-term solution that he was looking for, but that's what Kristen was, was asking of him is to go and, and go and do something. And he did, and he went and played and he got absolutely crushed that year. And you know what? You that's fine. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not defending Cutler as a good quarterback. I'm defending Cutler as a good like provider for his family. Facts. Yeah, I'm hashtag Team Smoking Jay all the way. No, I can. I can see what you're saying. Uh, I think it's it's crazy that this uh, <clears throat> that Christian Cavalier is going to sit there and call him out. But I, I loved his response where he told her to go get a job. So I, I do I, I do gotta put some respect on. <laughs> like what does she have? One, for that. Two TV shows. She was on the Hills and her Barry Cavallari. And I think that I think that Cutler's a better reality. That's what I'm saying. She is like like shit. Give Cutler yeah. his own show on E. I'd watch that no every doubt. fucking week. Yeah, I can uh, I can respect that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we were going to go ahead and hop right into a, a segment on <clears throat> NFL free agency, but I think we can maybe save that because I think we got a little bit more we got to discuss here about the AFC North because uh, I was feeling the heat a little bit on that last segment and uh, I think we need to get a little more into yep. that. Would you guys good with that? All right, so I, go I'm going to start this off with you, Gonzo. You, you're, you're very confident that the Ravens are going to win that division. Haven't we seen teams like Dallas – uh, with after they went thirteen and three, the next year they missed the playoffs. Haven't we seen teams regress before? That's fine, but last time I checked, the team that we're talking about is the Baltimore Ravens, not the right. Dallas Cowboys. I get that, but I'm saying that regressions do happen. Just because you're good one year doesn't mean you're going to be good the next. And and isn't that defense a concern? Nope. <laughs> next question. So Gonzo, it sounds like it sounds like you're going with the Ravens to win to win the division. I'm going with the Ravens, and I don't even think it's close. Like I don't I don't understand how how we could even bash this defense, man. And they look. I'm looking at Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, a man among boys, Pernell McPhee, drafted Patrick Queen, the stud from LSU, Malik Harrison, the stud from Texas, Matt Judon. Martin, I just hear a lot of old Earl Thomas, on that. Marcus I, Peters, Tavon. You're talking about a lot yeah, of players that would have. This would have been the best defense in the league if this was 2015. I hear a whole lot of nonsense coming out of your mouth right now. Oh, that's, the the fact that's, that's, that's probably okay, the Lamar Jackson's the first running back to win the MVP since uh, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, <laughs> first running back. <laughs> no, look. Okay, they have playmakers on the defense. My point is, is that uh, if Cleveland takes the step that I think that a lot of people think they're going to take this year in, in terms of their offense, that's like five to six weapons weapons on the field at a time that you're having to cover. And I don't know how any team in the North is going to be able to do that. You're right, but I I fell on the bang, bandwagon last year and buying into the hype. I'm not buying into the hype again with the Cleveland Browns this year, especially with the new coach. Freddie Kitchens lasted well. That was a just a bad hire. Before that they was just a bad hire. I'm not buying it. I don't. And that was more about he couldn't control Miles Garrett so? and his team's <laughs> behavior off the field and like with the extracurricular activities. I mean, yeah. 
Miles Garrett's taking his helmet off and trying to send Mason Rudolph <laughs> six feet in the ground. Uh, well, I think uh, I think we can all agree it's a good thing that we're not going to have to see Mason Rudolph play hopefully this year. Thank God, no man. I I, I want to go back. I want to see Chunky Big Ben. I'm so mad. I'm so pissed. He shaved that Shit, beard, man. Speaking he of Big Ben, that. that is exactly who I have winning this division. I have the Steelers coming out and being a 12 and 14 this year. 12 yeah. and 11 four. and 5, 12 and 4. It, what, what, what is Big Ben going to play? For no, no, he's going to he's going to flex his couple Super Bowl rings and now uh, go throw some touchdowns. That, that he won in that he Still won a, won a Super Bowl ago. ring. Has a couple actually, right? Oh, yeah, he does. Listen, I think if the Steelers are competitive enough to even make the playoffs this year, I think it's more so going to be riding the back of their defense that is just sick from head from top down. I don't think it's going to be Big Ben's team. I think it's going to be, all right, we're going to hand the keys to this franchise to TJ Watt and Devin Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick. Let them shut everybody down, and Big Ben's just gonna. He's gonna be a game manager, you know, kind of like Alex. Do his thing. See, but when has Big Ben he, ever been big, a game manager? Exactly. That man is not afraid to th- right, toss the ball. Big Ben's around. old now. So is Brady. I don't want to hear. He's old. And we saw Brady take a huge step back. Difference last year. is Brady's what forty two right now. Forty one. I I get that. Ready to go. I get Ready that. I just think next, that Big Ben's going to come out and show this team that he is he is better than anything that they had at quarterback last year. He's going to show that he is the most one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the whole league. I think he will come out, throw for at least four thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, and have a good season. <laughs> thirty touchdowns. Okay. Uh, no. All right, all right. Let let's do let's do a rapid fire here. One through four from four to one division. Okay, I'll I'll go ahead and go first, and I'm gonna give you this, Gonzo. Lamar Jackson at one. I'm taking Baker at two. Honestly, I mean he's unproven, but Burrow at three and Big Ben at four. Right now, now in terms of careers, that it's a whole different conversation. But right now, I'm not I'm not sold on Big Ben. Yeah, no. As of right now, I would go one Lamar. Two Big Ben, three Baker, and four Joe. That's my same exact order. Listen, I got love for Joe Burrow, but until I see him step on that field, I have to, I have to give the nod to Baker just to show that he can. He was he that can rookie produce, year, unlike Joe, who I think we've seen many times over, especially with SEC quarterbacks, that there's a that even though the SEC might be the best conference in all in all of college sports there's a learning curve that SEC quarterbacks have coming into the league. There's definitely a learning curve, but I don't think we've ever seen anybody dominate the way that Joe Burrow has. I mean, the the numbers that he put up right. breaking every – I mean, they, if if he wanted to in that college football playoff semifinal, he could have hung yes. 100. Well, okay, football. Oklahoma's I mean, defense is not we're, we're seeing somebody that's a different animal. Oklahoma's yeah. defense is a bunch of ju- Juco kids that couldn't make it at their yeah. first school. Let's be honest. Yeah. No, and and look, I got love for Big Ben in his career. I'm just saying that right now, I'm not sold that he's going to be able to come back and be effective. I'm not sold on Big Ben either, but again, I'm not going to discount what he's done in the past. I do think that he had the luxury of pairing AB and Juju 
you know, AB before. And he, and he had the good he running game. Shit. Oh, don't act like James Conner is a scrub. Yeah. James yeah, Conner was a one-year wonder. What did James Conner do last year? He split carries. He split carries on a yeah. team that knew that they weren't going to make the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure James Conner was hurt a good amount last year as well. Oh, well. So you can't depend on him. Yeah, either. no. I, I, You're going to take look, one pot from a middle I, linebacker I and Lamar's saying. not going to be playing anymore. Lamar's going to juke that pop. That's the one thing. He's going to send that guy skating before I that mean, guy gets I think we can all agree that Lamar is the best quarterback in this division right now. The The big thing for me is just, you know, where I think we kind of disagree is I just, I'm not sold on Big Ben at all. I think the difference maker in the Steelers, honestly, their whole team is going to come down to whoever ends up being wide receiver two. I personally think that they uh, will go with James Washington at Oklahoma State a couple years ago, second-round pick. I I personally really wanted him on the Bears. He had really good hands, had good explosiveness. But overall, I feel like it's it, that's gonna that's always when the Steelers are really good is when they have th- three options for Ben. They don't just have one or two options for Ben. They have three. With Juju, James Conner, and then whoever becomes their second receiver, no, they whether got- it's James Washington or Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, I think they'll figure it out. Yeah, and they also got they got Deontay Johnson, who who was a low key stud last year. Yeah, Eric Ebron. Don't discount the signing. They signed Eric Ebron, the perennial who, drop leader. In didn't the he NFL. lead the league in touchdowns two years ago? Hey, but yeah, two years ago. But he's also led yeah the when he drops like every year that he's been in the league. Yeah. No, I I think we got a. We had a good discussion there. I just think, like I said, I'm taking I'm taking Cleveland to win that division. I know you guys feel differently, but we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. It's gonna be I think it's gonna be a, a very interesting year, especially with all the off the field stuff with the coronavirus and a different off season. Um, it'll be interesting to see give, what happens. Are we gonna give the, the Bengals uh, any North? any talk, or are we just gonna say that they are? Two Look, years away. I I think the Bengals are an up and coming team, but I don't think this year they're they're ready to take no, a step. I'm 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 not going to even go on record to say that. I would not be surprised for one Bengals. second if the Bears come out and just start. Just they're going to start shitting on everybody. Remember how the Rams just came out out of nowhere? That's Sean McVay tree. Remember that's where Zach Taylor's coming from. You saw it a little bit last year. They sucked the entire year, but towards the end they were competing, man. They were competing, and now you got Joe Burrow, you got AJ Greenback, you got Joe Mixon, you got Tyler Boyd. You, you, you know, I, I wouldn't discount it, man. I could, I don't think they're gonna even be in the wild card race this year. But if you're telling me, I, they're not gonna pick top ten this year. They're they're gonna be a, what a six and ten team. I have I, between I can see three that. and five wins. That's what I have. <laughs> I'm t- I'm smashing the over on that. That's. Joe Joe Burrow himself is going to get the team. Yeah, three and, and I I got love for Joe too. I mean, I think Joe's going to be a hell of an NFL quarterback. I just don't know if this year is is Cincinnati's going to be able to take that step. Okay, I could respect that. Yeah, but definitely down the road, team. man. They're going to be good. Li- like. Yeah, listen, and I got like I said, I got love for the Steelers this year. Would not be surprised if they're going to make noise, but the Steelers long long term they're trending down. 
And long-term, the Bengals are trending up. That's the way that I see it. It's going to be a Bengals and a Ravens division in just a couple of years. All right. We'll, uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll, we'll wrap things up. Uh, each give our hot take of the day. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. And we're back with the Nosebleeds podcast. We're coming to the end of our first episode here. Normally, this would be where we do our mailbag time, but uh, obviously, because it's our first episode, we don't have any mail. But I want you guys to go ahead and DM us on Instagram any questions that you want us to answer. It doesn't have to be sports-related. It can be about literally anything and everything. Um, But for now, we're going to go ahead into our final segment, our drip of the day. That's just going to be our hot take of the day in sports or in life or anything. Uh, Free agent, why don't you get us started? Um, My drip of the day would be that Roger Goodell is afraid of Dave Portnoy. He runs runs the biggest sports league in the whole country, and he's afraid of one single man. He recently, um, the NFL came out and said that they would not be accepting Dave Portnoy's uh, winning bid of a quarter of a million dollars to uh, sit down and have a Monday night football game uh, experience with Roger. And he, uh, he declined them because he didn't hit the background check. Uh, the reason he didn't hit the background check? Oh, because of Roger Goodell. I just, I, I don't get that. Yeah. Roger hates kids. Roger hates charity. The no fun league is definitely back. True. Yeah, that that kind of leads right into my uh, drip of the day. I'm going to talk about who is one quarantine, and if you answer anything other than Dave Portnoy, you're wrong. Look, this guy has literally been the only entertainment in this country for the last two to three months. He's done 20 unboxings where he was getting hundreds of packages a day, uh, wielding knives, machetes drugs exotic animals and everything in between this guy uh gives a daily break with his with his uh frozen pizza reviews fuck jacks no disrespect though but uh kid show kid show show. yeah kid show but (laughs) you know look between that um the call her daddy saga everything this guy has been the entertainment in this country he's gained a shit ton of money day trading He's he's got it all right now, and I say he's definitely one quarantine. Yeah, definitely. And I'm gonna go ahead and put quarantine cuties on the hot seat to wrap this whole segment up. So over the last several months, people have had valid excuses, obviously, to not hang out in person. You know, having to settle for snap streaks and Zoom dates, over actually going out with somebody to a bar, a dinner, movie, etc. So these same girls that are flirting back and forth with us are now ghosting and they want to act like they have no idea who the fuck we are. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put them on the pots, the hot seat. I mean, because if using me was as a form of entertainment to get through this whole quarantine, actually help you survive it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at the very least we should get a courtesy date or two out of it. True. No, I agree. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And 
that brings us to the end of the first episode of the Nosebleed Podcast. I want to go ahead and take this time to just give a quick shout out and thank you to Old Row Kuzi and Old Row Swig. Thank you guys for the opportunity to host this podcast, uh, to produce it, and to be Old Row's only sports podcast. We really appreciate the opportunity. Um, we're going to uh, be back, try to do this every Monday. Uh, we're a bunch of degenerates. So who knows if that's going to happen, but we're going to do our best to put these up every Monday. Uh, make sure to submit your comments uh, for us. Before we go, anything else you guys got to say? Um, all I got to say is check us out on Instagram, and uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, love you guys. <laughs>